Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to this Umrah tutorial. I'll start with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een amma ba'd. Qala Allahu ta'ala wa lillahi ala al-nasi hijjul bayti man istata'a ilayhi sabila. What we're going to discuss today is really what is the simple way of doing Umrah. There's a lot of guidance out there, there's a lot of books that have been written. I want to just explain the real basics and then add a bit more to that so that inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us to do the Umrah correctly and make it an accepted Umrah. So this is not really something to be so worried about that you are going to definitely get something wrong or something. Really all Umrah is, is putting on an ihram. Uh, which, which means different things for men and women, which I'll explain soon. And then after that, uh, proceeding beyond the miqat, which are the boundaries uh, before Jiddah, uh, for example. And uh, that's where the ihram has to be placed on from and the intention has to be made. And then we proceed on to Makkah. Uh, we, once we've settled down there in the hotel, etc., we make our way to Masjid al-Haram, to the great masjid, and we enter there and we start the Umrah. The Umrah is essentially very simple. It's just seven rounds around the Kaaba, seven rounds around the Kaaba, starting from a particular place, ending in a particular place. And once that's done, we do two rakats of prayer, uh, the, which are called the Tawaf, two rakats of Tawaf. Uh, following that, we go to and have some Zamzam. And following that, we have to do seven Sa'is. Now, Sa'i just means essentially traveling between the two small mounts of Safa and Marwa, uh, like the way Hajar did. And you start off in Safa, and then you go back and forth seven times, which means that you'll end up in Marwa. And then once you've done that, you can do another two rak'ats if you want to. These, are, these ones are not essential. And then after that, you go and get your hair cut uh, or shaved, uh, depending on what you want to do and the, the greater reward, I'll explain that. And that's your Umrah done. You go and then you take off your ihram and you have a shower and then you know you can then stay in Mecca uh, for as long as you want and do some more Umrahs if you want to. Really, that's all it is. All Umrah is, is an ihram with an intention and the labayk, etc. You go do seven sh uh, turns around the Kaaba. And then you go and uh, do the two rak'ats, have some zamzam water, and then go and uh, do the sa'i between the safa and marwa, which is the travel between safa and marwa. And then after that, you go and you cut your hair, and then you're done. That's your umrah done. It takes about probably about two hours, I would say. You know, if there's not too much, if it's not so busy, uh, and if it is busy, then it's going to probably take more than two hours. Some people do it even in less than two hours, but generally two hours is a decent average to do that. So now let us begin from home. So from home, all we have to do is that we're setting off for this journey. It's a good idea to do two rakats of prayer at home. And then it depends on whether you, how you're going to get to Jiddah. If you're going to get directly to Jiddah, then it's going to be difficult for us to have a shower anywhere. And it's a good idea to have a ghusl and a shower before we put the ihram on. So that's why in that case, it's best to have that shower at home. Clip your nails, remove any unwanted hair. And then after that, uh, put some perfume on your body. And then um, have, for the men, it's uh, two ihram garments, the upper garment 
and the lower garment. For women, they can wear anything that's modest and decent. They don't have to wear specific uh, sheets as such. They wear their normal clothes, baggy, uh, you know, loose clothes, and uh, the hijab, uh, etc., the, the covering uh, th that they put on. And then after that, uh, once you're all groomed and you've had a shower, uh, you've applied some fragrance to your body, and then after that, you've got the ihram on, you do two rakats of prayer from home. And then after, after that, if you have your hat on, uh, which, you should, uh, which you should try to do, uh, and pray with but then you take your hat off uh, for the men for the women they keep everything on and then after that you make the intention that oh Allah I am intending the ihram I am intending umrah so uh, you can say this in Arabic you can uh, say this uh, in English if you want to Allahumma inni uridul umrah fayassirha li wa taqabbalha minni essentially saying oh Allah I intend this umrah so make it easy for me and accept it from me now then after that, this is the crucial part. Until now, it's like you've prepared, for example, if you're preparing for prayer. After this, you will say, Labbaik, Allahumma labbaik, labbaik la sharika laka labbaik, inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk la sharika lak. Memorize this. You should actually memorize the labbaik. Essentially, what it means is, it means, I am present. Oh Allah, I am present. I am present. There is no partner for you. I am present. In alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk, all praise and all bounties and gifts are yours to give, are yours, they all belong to you, and for you is all sovereignty and all of kingdom. La sharika lak, there is no partner for you. So we say this now, once we say this, it's like we've said Allahu Akbar and tied our hands in prayer. So like you're in the ihram now, you're in the what you call the pilgrim sanctity state now you're not allowed to for example remove any hair you're not allowed to uh, for example cut any nails or anything like that you can't apply any kind of perfume or any kind of scented item after this uh, you shouldn't be arguing you shouldn't be speaking about any kind of intimate issues uh, sexual intimacy issues even even what one's wife no no intimate touching or anything of this nature because it's like we're in the the umrah uh, we've started uh, we've started from that. Now, as I said, you can do this at home if you're not going to have a chance to do this uh, before you get to Jeddah. However, if you are going to stop somewhere, for example, if you're going to stop in Cairo, you're going to stop in Dubai or Abu Dhabi or any of these other towns and you want to do it from there, you can do that as well. Right? If you're going to have time to do it there, you can just go with your normal clothes and without starting your ihram, you can start from down there instead. So when you get to these places in transit, you will go and you can take a shower if there's a shower facilities. A lot of airports won't have shower facilities maybe. So then you can have had the shower from home beforehand. So when you get there, you just make wudu. So if you can't take a shower before starting the ihram, then what you do is you do wudu at least. So do a wudu down there. And then once you've done the wudu, then you know you do your two rakats again. In the two rakats, first rak'ah you read Qul Ya Ayyuhal Kafirun, second one you read Qul Allahu Ahad. And uh, if you didn't read those, you read something else, that's fine as well. It's just that this is uh, the, the optimal is to read that. And then you do the same thing, you make an intention, and then you say Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik, Labbaik la sharika laka Labbaik, and alhamda wa ni'mata laka, laka wal mulk, la sharika laka. Then you get onto your flight, and then you get to Jeddah. And in this case, you're still in Ihram now. The other option is that you might not be coming from uh, through Jeddah. You might have already been to Medina Munawwara, and now you're going to come from Medina Munawwara. That makes it much more easier. You don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about putting an ihram on from home or from the airport because you're going to Medina Munawwara. No ihram needed. When you finish Medina Munawwara and you're going on the way to Mecca, 
the boundary from which you have to wear your ihram is very close to uh, is very close to Medina Munawwara, just about 15 minutes or so outside the town, outside the city of Medina Munawwara. So again, from your room in Medina Munawwara, you can put your ihram on. Don't make any uh, any intention or anything. You can just put the garments on that you need, and then when you get to Dhul Hulayfa, that's generally where uh, everybody will stop. You you can take a shower there if you want to, or just do wudu there if you've already taken a shower, and then after that you do the two rakats there in the masjid down there, and then you make your intention and you say labbaik. And then after that, you can proceed on to um, uh, on to Makkah Mukarramah from there. So that that makes it a bit easier. So now what you'll do is when you get to Makkah, uh, when you get to Jeddah, and you go through immigration and everything like that, and eventually your transport takes you to Makkah. When you get to Makkah, get into your hotel, uh, meaning go and settle down in your hotel, put your luggage down there, and everything. Take a little rest if you have to, right? If you're very tired, sometimes these journeys can take a very very long time. So if you have to, you know, go in and uh, go and uh, take a take a little rest if you have to before. You you proceed you can actually take a, a quick shower here it's sunnah to take a shower in Makkah Mukarramah but obviously without soap because you're going to be in ihram already the idea is that you know you've traveled so you might be slightly gritty or whatever so you take a quick shower but you have to be very careful because what happens is that we're so used to using soap and the hotels will probably have soap there anyway so what you do is that after you use the bathroom or whatever you know while you're using it the soap is there so you start using it by default so be very careful about that don't use soap because soap is uh, scented soap is prohibited if you've taken non-scented soap you could use that to be honest but it's better just to take a quick a uh, quick rinse essentially and then after that get back into your ihram clothing your garments and then proceed on uh, for your umrah as soon as you're ready and uh, to take in the whole beauty of Makkah uh, you're already there in that sacred city so now you will proceed to the haram you'll proceed to the Masjid al-Haram when you get to the Masjid al-Haram enter with the right foot in any of the doors whether that be King Abdul Aziz gate or any of the others that are closer to you and try to look down, try not to look at the Kaaba if it's in the line of vision. From King Abdul Aziz Gate, it is usually in the line of vision. Try not to look at it because what we want to do is that as soon as we see it for the first time, we want to be able to do, they say, all your du'as are accepted the first time that you see it. So you want to be in a place where you can actually stop and make all the heartfelt du'as that you want to. Right? So try to look down and, and keep proceeding. If you have got somebody to guide you, great. That's wonderful. You might be going with a group. You might be going alone. Either way, um, stop somewhere where you can see the Kaaba and you're not disturbing anybody. You're not in anybody's path. And then just pour your heart out. That's really an emotional moment when you see the Kaaba for the first time, after, uh, you know, for the either absolute first time, your first time going there, or it's your first time after a while, after a year or two. It always just strikes awe in, in, in us and it just this amazing connection it creates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so pour your heart out make dua have a list of duas the most effective way to get this right is to have a list of duas whether on your phone or otherwise just pull it out and start making dua from your heart and then for whoever you need to make dua for take as long as you want and then after that once you're done with that you go and you find where the black stone is that's generally represented uh, by a light on the masjid wall so the Kaaba will be in the middle but if you want to look at towards the, the actual masjid building then you'll see a green light or something down there or something to mark it that's where you'll see people raising their hands usually as well so you go there there's probably no longer a line on the ground what you do is you stand just before the black stone towards the left of the black stone essentially facing it now in this case what you first do is you make an intention for tawaf 
So you're saying, oh Allah, I'm going to do this tawaf with seven rounds and oh Allah, accept it from me. You have to be in wudu for this. So you make sure that you've done wudu before because your tawaf is not valid without wudu. So now you're going to prepare to go around seven times. And the way to do this is you face the Kaaba first. Uh, as a man, there's something special that you have to do here since this is the tawaf that you're going to do for Umrah. What you have to do is we have to do something special, right? What women don't have to do. Number one, we have to get our ihram and usually people have the ihram upper cloth upper wrap over there over themselves like that and maybe folded like that which uh, you can you can check in my ihram uh, video that we have separately on the zamzam academy channel uh, but when we're starting uh, any uh, uh, tawaf for umrah which is a necessary tawaf we have to bear our right shoulders as men we have to bear the right shoulders what that means is that we have the cloth from we have the upper wrap over our left shoulder, going behind us and then coming from under the arm and over the shoulder again. So the right arm is all bare. This right shoulder and right arm is exposed. That's what you call ittiba. If you've read books on this, you'll call it ittiba. Right? So you have to do this for that whole tawaf. And then you recover yourself after you finish the tawaf. Now what we do is we've made the intention looking at the Kaaba, we've made an intention that oh Allah, I am performing this. Now what we first do is we raise the hands uh, like we do in Salat. So we raise the hands like this and we read Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi Alhamd. In the name of Allah, Allah is the greatest and for Allah is all praise. So that's what we do. That's kind of the beginning of the tawaf. That's the istiqbal, that's the initial um, start of the tawaf. Then after that, what we do, we do something different. What used to happen is when people could access the black stone easily they would then actually kiss the black stone so there was there's a recommendation to kiss the black stone to touch the black stone or to at least wave at it and then kiss your hands sig gesture at it and kiss your hands eight times one at the beginning one every time you come back to this spot in every round and then right at the end when you end as well that's called istilam However, before that, we're going to raise our hands. So the first thing we do is raise our hands up there, say, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi Alhamd. And then after that, if you can't kiss the stone, as most likely most people can't kiss the stone like this, you know, on these occasions. Uh, so then you can't even touch it with your, you know, with your hands or anything else. So from afar, all you do is you just kind of stretch your hands out and then you kiss your hands. And now what you do is you turn yourself before right at the black stone you turn yourself so that you now your left hand side is facing the black stone you don't want to move around the kaaba you don't want to move around the kaaba with your chest towards it or your face towards it that's not the point of it we're not going to move sideways like that we're going to actually move as a you know anti clockwise direction we're going to walk with our left towards the house of allah also the other thing as men that we have to do in the tawaf is aside from covering uncovering the shoulders, we also in the first three rounds, in the first three rounds, we have to do what you call rommel in Arabic, which is a kind of a marching almost, where you, you're lifting your knees and you're taking shorter steps and you're kind of striding in this powerful way. So you do that for the first three. Now you do this to the best of your ability. If you're in a big crowd, I mean, you don't want to be kicking people and, and uh, you know, uh, kind of pushing people out of the way. So you try to do it to the best of your ability. You'll see other people doing it as well. And so as men, you have to do that as well for the first three rounds. And then after that, the last four rounds, you just walk 
normally, right? You walk normally, but you keep the shoulder exposed for all seven rounds. So we start moving now. With everybody, you join the crowd. If there's a crowd, if you're slightly to the outside, you walk at your own pace, you know, wherever you're comfortable and you go around. So I'm just going to tell you how the physical aspect of it and then we can discuss other things. You go around and then when you come back to this black, uh, where you come back to the starting point again, where the black stone is there, what you, you do is you, again, try to kiss the stone, but again, you're not going to be able to do that. So you just quickly make a gesture if you want to and kiss your hands. Even with one hand, you can do that. It's not necessary that, you know, you have to stand there and do this because most likely there's going to be a crowd. So you can just, as you're walking, you can just go, Bismillah Allah, you can just go, Bismillah Allahu Akbar, uh, and then uh, just kiss your hand, uh, kiss your uh, fingers, and then and then carry on. Uh, the corner of the Kaaba that comes before the black stone, that's called ruk, uh, Rukn al-Yamani. Right, that's the Yemeni corner. There again, if you're very close to the Kaaba, you can touch it. But if you're not close to the Kaaba and you can't touch it, you don't do anything down there. But then you read a special du'a there, which we'll discuss. So you're going to go around seven times, passing the uh, passing the door of the Kaaba, the Multazam, the door of the Kaaba, and around seven times. As I said, each time you just have to uh, kind of wave at the Kaaba if you can. It's not necessary, and say uh, and and then kiss your kiss your finger if you want to. Otherwise, you just say Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, and then you carry on around. When you've done this seven times, right? As I said, each round could take you five minutes or ten minutes. Just depends on where you are in the crowd, how busy it is, how close you are, and so on. At the under seventh inch, when you come back to the black stone, you again you do istilam again, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. Then now you are you have finished your tawaf. You have finished your tawaf. So in this case now, you finish your tawaf. Now let me just quickly explain a few other things about the tawaf to you. As you're going around, you just look down in humility, and you're just remembering Allah. Remember, this just sounds like an exercise. Physically, you just go around seven times. Anybody can do that. But there's a significance of why you do this. You do this because we can't, we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At home, we used to pray our salat and do dhikr and so on. Now Allah has allowed us to come to his house. He's given us a place of focus. Now Allah doesn't reside in his house, but that house is dedicated to Allah. It's a very, very special place on this earth. So what we're doing is in a love of somebody who goes and checks something out or likes to walk in an area that gives them memories of somebody that they love. There's people who go to the graveyard like that. There's people who go to their lover's uh, uh, residence or their lover's city or town and they just kind of admire things around there in, in, in memory and in rem remembrance of their beloved. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to remember Allah here. So if you want, you can do your heartfelt du'as here. Uh, you should do. You should do adhkar. There's a multiple things you should do. And you know what some people do is they just, uh, they, they just allot things for the different tawafs. So in one, they just do du'as for themselves. Just one whole round. They're just going to make du'as for themselves. Again, you can use a list. There's nothing wrong with looking at uh, a list, whether on your phone or otherwise. Number two, they'll make du'a. The second round, they'll make du'as for others. Uh, a whole list of people that they have. Uh, the ummah, you know, don't forget the ummah. Uh, number three, I'm gonna do tasbih in in you know in the fourth round. In the fifth one, I'm gonna do takbir. In the sixth round, for example, I'm gonna read Quran. Uh, in the in the last one, I'm gonna send blessings on the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You can do whichever of those. Otherwise, just calm. 
calm, collected and considered reflective mood. You don't want to be looking around at the big buildings and what you can observe and what you can't observe. You know, if you do see somebody that you know, you can say Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullah. If you need some water, or you need something or saying something, you can say, you can have a conversation, it won't break your tawaf, but you need to try to be in a mode connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The, the, there, are, there is a sunnah dua that is mentioned from the last, just before the black stone, the corner before it, which is called Rukn al-Yamani. That one where you'll see people lining up to kiss the black stone. That area, when you're going through that area, there is a dua from the Prophet ﷺ, which is Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. Our Lord grant us in this world all good and grant us in the hereafter all good. And protect us from the punishment of the hellfire. That's such a comprehensive dua that if that just gets accepted, our dunya and the hereafter, this world and hereafter, are all sorted and we've been saved from the hellfire. May Allah accept these duas for us. And then um, I would just request that you make dua for us as well. You make dua for me, my family, and for the people who helped your hajj and who have been, you know, have contributed to making it easy for you. And then after that, once we've done that, uh, once the tawaf has finished, and it's going to be quite an achievement. You're going to finish. We, are, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for acceptance, obviously, and to, f- to forgive us for any shortcomings in that regard. Now what we have to do is we have to read two rak'ats. These are necessary. These are wajib to do, preferably by the maqam Ibrahim. But when it's really busy, you can pray anywhere. So anywhere behind the maqam Ibrahim, right, the, where the footsteps of, uh, uh, where the effects of the footsteps of Ibrahim alayhi salam are, you'll, you should be able to notice it. Or anywhere in that direction. Otherwise, anywhere in the masjid, really. Right? You can do two rak'ats. Uh, two rakats of uh, this uh, uh, this prayer and if it's uh, for example a time that you're not allowed to pray like after asr you can't do uh, 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 the prayer of tawaf then you can you can do it later after maghrib but make sure you do it now what you'll do is you'll proceed towards the safa and marwa uh, which is the mas'a but on your way there there's that's where the zamzam is so there you it says you should just stuff yourself with zamzam you should drink a lot of zamzam and when you're drinking zamzam you make uh, there's a you stand up and you drink that's that's a recommendation here and there's a dua is allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'a wa rizqan wasi'a wa shifa'an min kulli which means oh allah i ask you for beneficial knowledge for uh, uh, i ask you for beneficial knowledge yas'aluka ilman nafi'a wa rizqan wasi'a extensive sustenance and a cure from every ailment, a cure for every ailment. Again, a beautiful du'a. And then again, you can make any other du'a you want there as well, because du'as, uh, they say that a zamzam water is for whatever du'as you make. Whatever du'as you make, inshallah, will be accepted there as well. So you make du'a there, and then you, you, you'll, you'll be now replenished, you know, and then you go to the safa. Before you get to the safa man, you'll see everybody going in that direction. There's, there's signs there as well. You have to do another istilam towards the Kaaba. You can either go back to the Kaaba if you want, but that might be, that'll be very difficult, to be honest. So people just do istilam from wherever they can see the Kaaba. And if you can't see the Kaaba, that's fine. You can just do it in that direction. And then after that, you start at safa. You're making, you've made your intention that I'm now going to do the sa'i, which is the seven, um, the seven uh, circuits between safa and marwa. And then... You can do a dua there. You can read the verse of the Quran, which is Inna Safa wal Marwata min Sha'airillah. Faman Hajjal Bait awi Tamara, Fala Junaha Alehi and Yatawa Fabihima, Waman Tatawa Akhiron, Fainna Laha Shakirun Alim. You can read that dua, and then after that, you proceed down towards Marwa. Now you can walk, right? 
you can walk fast, you can walk slow here. However, there's a place as, uh, uh, which is a short distance from Safa. You'll come to a place where you'll suddenly see everybody hurrying or running. So men will start running here. The women can come at their own pace. This is usually distinguished by green lights in that area. There's a change of the light colors there so that that's where you run. This is where the bottom of the valley was where Hajar salam had run you know, uh, uh, had, had gone and completed that running before she started climbing the next mountain. There's no mountain to climb anymore. And then after you finish that green area, you just carry on walking. You get to Marwa. Marwa, you make a dua. And again, you can read the same dua in As-Safa wal Marwata, which is the verse of the Quran. And then you can make any other dua there. And then after that, you come back. So you do this seven times. And the seventh one, you'll end up in Marwa. Now in this one, if you had broken your wudu, you can... You can go and re, redo the wudu, but you don't have to. It's not necessary because the sa'i does not require purity, but it's good to be in purity. After you finish that, you can do two rakats now as well, which are recommended, but these are not essential. These are not wajib, but you can do two rakats then or later. And then after that, you go and once you've finished, you go back and towards your hotel or wherever it is. And there's places uh, that you can go to the barber shop. Ask people where the barber's salons are. There they'll cut your hair. So you now have to ha have your hair cut, right? You have to have your hair cut, which is... Uh, you, uh, you have to cut at least a, a minimum of like an inch from at least a quarter of your head. So you can either have a trim of an inch of hair if you've got that long hair. But the preference is, which the Prophet ﷺ made dua thrice extra for, is to actually shave the hair for men. The women will only cut their hair an inch or so, you know, uh, from, from the ends. Whereas the men, they, they would prefer to get a shave. So that's it. Once you've done that now, uh, you are out of ihram. So now all the prohibitions that were there, like no fragrance and, and, and so on, cutting hair or whatever, all of that now becomes permissible. So now you go back to your room, take a shower, put your normal clothes on, and then after that you will be in Mecca. So those were the main things regarding the tawaf and regarding the sa'i. So uh, that, that's it. It's essentially all that is. You go, you perform the seven rounds with the eight istilams, and then you start off with the intention, of course. You finish off. Um, then after that you do the two rak'ats again you can do them anywhere you can do the sa'i safa and marwa in during all of this process in the sa'i as well in the tawaf as well you just read as much dua as you want take a book of little book of duas if you want to right and you can read from there if you want to a little quran uh, a mushaf you can read on your phone you can do it as you wish all we would request is just make dua for us as well and just don't waste your time during that time um, just it's it's a very uh, very special act it's a very special act and just thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you're being given the ability to do this because many people around the world the majority don't get to do this right because it's not easy for everybody to come another thing that you can do while you're in makkah is that if you want to you can actually go and do some more umrahs uh, for that you, what you have to do is get back into ihram and for to do that what you have to do is go to a place there's multiple places you can go to but the closest place is called Masjid Aisha 
Now all the taxi guys, they know about this, so you can ask any taxi person to take you there. Again, you would put your, uh, put, get back into your ihram garments, and uh, you would go there, and you would uh, make an intention there. Do your two rakats there, there's a big masjid there. Do your two rakats, make an intention, do your labbaik, and then come back, and then do your whole umrah again. While you're in Makkah, some people like to do more umrahs on behalf of others, to give the reward to others, they can do that if they want to. However, it's up to you. Uh, they say that, there's two opinions about this. The other opinion is that you just do more nafil tawafs. You just do extra optional uh, tawafs, which are essentially a collection of seven rounds. The same way as I explained to you before, you can do multiple in the daytime. So you can do more of those if you want to. If you go for, um, uh, for another umrah, it requires you going out, coming back in, and then after that, doing the tawaf, and then the sa'i as well. You never do sa'i alone. You only do sa'i with a tawaf for the sake of an umrah or for hajj. So there's no nafil sa'is as such. There's only nafil tawafs, which is one of the best worships you can do down there because the only place you can do tawaf is in Makkah. So that's why they say that that is superior to a lot of other worships. Right? But you know, if you're tired and you can't be going around, then you, know, you spend your time doing everything else. In fact, in Tawaf, you can read your Qur'an and you can do a lot of other things as well. You can do a lot of your other athkar so that it's a very combined kind of worship in that sense. So yeah, do lots of Tawafs down there. Don't waste your time and just do lots of Tawafs as you, uh, uh, in terms of the number of days that you, uh, that you spend down there. Alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it. Now when you stay in Makkah, what you do is you... Uh, however many days you're going to stay in Makkah uh, before you go to Medina Munawara if you're going afterwards or before you go home you want we, we want to value this because we're not there every day right and it's a place to be valued it's a place to be cherished it's a place to be benefited from because there's huge amounts of blessing that are coming there we've got some other lectures you know on Zamzam Academy channel on YouTube as well where you can listen up uh, on more of the details of this and a greater detail of the whole tawaf and everything else uh, which I can't cover in this short uh, in this short uh, video here, but this is this is more than enough. Now I say the best way to now spend the rest of the time in Makkah Mukarrama is have a schedule. Try to number one, try to pray all five prayers in the masjid. You do have to go a bit earlier when it's busy times because they close the doors earlier. Then you're forced to go into, well, you can still get into the extension. Sometimes they even close the extension, the King Abdullah extension. So you'll have to pray in the courtyard. That's why it's always a good idea that when in Makkah, most people do this, is that their whole schedule revolves around the five daily prayers. Right? So it's a good idea to go a bit earlier and go and do some reading, go and do some dhikr or whatever and be in the masjid from an earlier rather than go late and then get stuck somewhere or not be able to go in. Uh, again, I said that if we can make a schedule from before we leave or if you're there, uh, once there, is what do we want to achieve in that day? Each day, the four days, five days that you're staying there. So it's a good idea to say, I'm going to read this much Qur'an. I'm going to complete this much Qur'an and these are the times I'm going to spend reading it. I'm going to finish a Qur'an maybe. I'm going to read five Jews, ten Jews or whatever it is. I am going to do this much tasbihs, you know, carry a tasbih if you can. I'm going to uh, do this much salawat on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I'm going to do this much qadha prayers. It's a really good idea to do qadha prayers while you're there because you're traveling anyway. So you can really fill up that time with a lot of your makeup prayers after doing that. Again, if you have a schedule of what you want to achieve in each of these days and from the week you're there, what I want to achieve in that, it's much better because there's a lot, there are a lot of distractions. You know, you're going to meet people. There's a lot of shopping opportunities down there. I'm not saying don't do any shopping, you know, uh, have a time for your shopping that, okay, out of the five days, I'm 
list of things that you want to buy. If you know what you're going to buy, quickly go and do your shop, go and buy your dates, etc. You know, from Medina, Munawara, wherever you are. And then after that, you just, you just carry on. Right, you, you carry on so that your day is focused. That's the most important thing, is to actually have a regimen of what you, what you do. Along with, uh, along with the normal prayers, you, know, you, you want to fill your time with uh, some of the other recommended prayers. For example, tahajjud prayer. There will be an adhan most likely, right, about an hour or so before the actual fajr adhan. That won't be the fajr adhan, that will be the tahajjud adhan. So you can actually get up from that time, go to the masjid an hour before fajr and spend time in tahajjud prayers, which is usually anywhere between two to eight rak'ahs. Right, so you do tahajjud prayer. Then after that, uh, you can wait after fajr until the sun rises, uh, and you can do ishraq prayer there. Then later on in mid morning, around ten eleven o'clock, you can actually do the duha prayer, which they call the chash prayer in Urdu, for example, uh, if you are aware of that name. After maghrib, uh, besides the two rakahs of sunnah, you can do an additional uh, two and two again, which would equate to the awabin prayer as such the prayer of those who return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who are, you know, who are often repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so six rakahs in total including the sunnah or, uh, or separate to the sunnah you can do an additional six rakahs and so on so try to do as many good things as possible try to make lots of dua and istighfar in fact before leaving home one should do istighfar so that we're as purified as possible so when we go there we receive the whole benefit and then when we're there, we want to come back totally forgiven. I know this is not Hajj, but still Umrah can provide uh, because of the special place and the special act. Umrah can also provide for us. You know, it's a mini Hajj at the end of the day, right? So that can provide greatness for us. We ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to accept from us and to make it easy for us and to give us the greatest uh, utility of our time there, so that we can come back um, very. Uh, much more closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than when we had departed from home and uh, we can maintain that even afterwards. Jazakallah khair. Please, uh, we request you to remember us all in your du'as. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.